listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. It's a Wellness Wednesday, so a little bit later on we're going to talk about some health uh, aspects of your life and how to improve them. But we've got a lot of issues to discuss before we get to that, and I want you to stick around immediately because we're going to take on the issue of the uh, mysterious objects and the shoot-downs and what it all means. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. We're getting started right now. Alright, um, as you know, over the weekend, we shot down three more unidentified objects. And then within the last couple of days, uh, at least one more object has been uh, uh, shot down. And it's starting to feel like this is going to be a regular feature of the news going forward. I'm not sure. Maybe these things happen all the time. There w- that was certainly the speculation by the Biden administration when they were asked and kind of held their feet to the fire. Well, why did you let the Chinese balloon go all the way across the country? I mean, you could have shot that down as it just barely broke the border in Montana, we'd be done with this. Or the Aleutian Islands. Technically, it was on American airspace there, but no. Anyway, here to discuss is the uh, former National Security Council Chief of Staff, a former analyst for the CIA, and a House Intelligence uh, Committee staff member as well. Uh, He's currently the vice chair of the American First Policy Institute Center for American Security. Fred Flights is his name. Fred, welcome. Glad uh, Glad to have you with us today. Good to be here. Thank you. This new reality that we live in where these people are floating these items over our airspace now on a somewhat regular basis. Uh, first of all, now we're shooting down things so fast, like they they barely appear and we're getting them out of the sky. Does, does the action we're taking now immediately somehow indemnify or indict uh, the Biden administration's very slow response, almost eight days in response, uh, to the Chinese uh, balloon that came across the country? Well, it's a very confusing situation. Uh, we haven't been told a lot. I think we've been told a number of things that are that are not accurate. Uh, it was an outrage that this huge Chinese spy balloon floated across the entire United States, the size of three buses, and the administration didn't do anything about it. And I believe they changed the parameters for looking for uh, balloons and other objects in the air, frankly, because I think the administration wanted to shoot something down uh, to, as you say, indemnify or compensate for the enormous uh, damage to the administration's reputation by by the way uh, Mr. Biden bollocks the first balloon. And these other balloons, it's not clear they're Chinese. They're, they're smaller. They're of a different shape. They're not maneuverable. They could be weather balloons permitted by international treaty. They could be American or Canadian uh, 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 devices. Uh, there's there's a lot that Congress needs to ask about and get answers. Yeah, well, we we were sh- we we think we shot a an Iranian drone down yesterday, uh, and there I believe there was one more balloon like object that we've shot down now as well. So I don't I've even lost track of how many they, there have actually been. But Fred, let me ask you this: You were in the Trump administration. The first thing the Biden people did when this entire fiasco was coming to light was immediately say that, well, in the Trump days, this happened and they never did anything about it. Did you you have any knowledge as the National Security Council chief of staff and as a former CIA analyst, did you ever hear of anything like this happening during the Trump administration? I didn't hear anything like that. Now, my colleague is General Keith Kellogg. He was the national security advisor to President Trump and to uh, Vice President Pence. He read the presidential daily brief every day. He said there was never once a reference to such a thing in the PDB. He never had any other warning of this. And I mean, I was only in the in the Trump administration a short time. Uh, uh, Kellogg was there the entire time from start to finish. Uh, you know, he is he is a highly decorated army general. 
and 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 said it right. is just nonsense that, that there was any warning of this during the, during the Trump administration. He doesn't think this happened. Well, and the thing that has bothered me about that is that they've changed the story as it relates to the Trump administration it, no less than four times saying that it happened and the Trump team didn't know about it, then saying it happened but it wasn't discovered until the Trump team was gone, uh, and a variety of other uh, scenarios that they have painted in the meantime. Um, Let's talk about practical safety in all of this. This Chinese balloon comes across, transgresses our entire country, uh, goes across the entire continent. Um, What what types of uh, concerns should there be about the information they were able to receive and the fact that there are all of these other devices that seem to be wanting to penetrate our airspace as well. Um, is is it just the fact that we kind of slept on the first one, that these others are coming, or what, were, were these likely planned a while ago? This is just normal behavior for nation states? What what is what, how, how do we best put this into context? Well, let's first stipulate that balloons are very useful spy platforms. The U.S. uses them also. I, I've worked with a military balloon expert who would like to see the U.S. military invest more in them because they can loiter over a target, vacuum up signals. They're maneuverable. Uh, but, you know, if we have a spy balloon, we might use it in a situation. Let's say the Russians and the Chinese are conducting a military exercise in the Pacific. We might put up a, a spy balloon to watch them. I know the Chinese are claiming that that's not true. I think the Chinese sent this balloon to test area defenses and to to test President Biden's decision-making, and, and Biden failed these tests. I, but I think some good will come out of this. First of all, it, it is illustrated to the, not, to, to the U.S. public that China is a threat. It does have an aggressive intelligence operation, which you know, the administration and the media plays down. And we have this great commission started by uh, the new Republican House, Special Commission on China. It already has substantial Democratic support. This balloon may help us get substantial bipartisan support to focus on the threat from China and to pass legislation to combat it, basically to do things that this administration won't do. That would all be very welcomed, Fred Flights, but is it too late? Have we given up too much information to the Chinese already? I mean, there's a there's a lot of speculation about the amount of property that they're buying in the United States, its proximity to some of our bases, uh, the fact that they have seemed to penetrate some of the more elite academic circles at some of our biggest research universities that are working on proprietary things. There is kind of an all uh, all frequency effort by the Chinese to penetrate our knowledge, our intelligence, to figure out what we know and how we know it. And it seems like I don't know, just to a casual observer like me, that we, we seem to be behind the eight ball a lot with those guys. I think there's a lot of truth to that. Christy Noem just spoke here at AFPI. You could see her presentation on our website, AmericaFirstPolicy.com. And as she has done some incredible things to stop the Chinese Communist Party from buying land in South Dakota, from really scrutinizing investments by foreign companies in South Dakota. She's not banning all foreign investment. She wants to ban foreign investment from hostile states. Uh, But you're right. The Chinese have stolen an enormous amount of intellectual property. They've infiltrated our universities with students and university professors. Now, that was something that the the Trump administration tried to stop, but Biden lifted those restrictions. Biden also lifted the effort to ban TikTok. President Trump was about to do that. Uh, I think that they have made some significant inroads. But it isn't too late. I think we can roll them back. And and the more aware the American public is of this threat, the easier it will be uh, for the administration to take action. No, I agree with you. And you couple all that with the Breitbart report that's out today that shows that the Bidens scored $31 million uh, in additional revenue as, as a family from Chinese uh, connections uh, over their years, uh, just following their time as the vice president uh, in the vice president's office. Uh, there's lots of reasons to ask lots of questions about the connections between this administration and their soft peddling uh, the, uh, the story on China. And uh, is that really in America's best interest? We will follow this uh, where, where the facts lead, and that's where we will go in the days to come. Fred Flights, uh, formerly of the National Security Council, the chief of staff there, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Good to be here. Thanks. You got it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. We've still got a huge show for you. Don't go away. 
Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. Recent media coverage celebrating falling inflation is taking a victory lap a little too early. Yes, inflation is lower, somewhat. It certainly has come down from the stratospheric levels of nearly 10% a year, but at 5% a year, it's still unacceptably high. There's no grounds for our policymakers to declare victory. The job just is not done. Rising demand for inflation hedges like gold, Bitcoin, and inflation-protected bonds and foreign currencies show that investors know that the inflation crisis is not over yet, even if the ruling class which caused it and benefits from it is in denial. You don't need a Ph.D. in economics to know what's going on. You just need to go to the store and buy a dozen eggs. When pay doesn't keep up with the cost of living, that means you're losing ground. And government is the culprit. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Let's be real. Retirement is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, MediShare 65 Plus is $99 a month for ages 65 to 74. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B, looking at other options, that's 50% or more saved per month. No gimmicks. It's $99 a month, and you can use any Medicare-approved doctor or facility, and you get 24-7 access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet... MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65 Plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in iHeartAlexa or Odyssey.com. All right, Kevin McCullough, and every week I promise you, if you'll send uh, a real-life question, Mike Connors is going to answer one each week uh, from the mailbag. Uh, Mike Connors, of course, of Connors and Sullivan. Mike, this week's question, uh, my cousins are fighting as to who owns their mother's house in Queens. My aunt is alive, but she's not saying a thing. How do you find out who legally owns a house? Signed, Susan from Flushing. Mike? All right. Well, if the aunt is in Queens, it's very easy to find out whose name is on the deed. There's a system called ACRIS, A-C-R-I-S, and you plug in the address and your deed, assuming the deed was recorded in the last almost 60 years now, the deed will show up on your computer and you know whose name is on your deed. I know a lot of times when the confusion happens, let's say a husband and wife own a property together, one of them dies, sometimes the kids think, hey, dad died, I get half the house or part of half the house. Usually most of the deeds are written husband and wife, so if something happens to the husband, it all goes to the wife. But there's no mystery about it. You can just... Get into the system and find out, get the deed. And it's very user-friendly. If you just know the address of the property, you can get the deed in minutes. All right. And then uh, if you have any other questions about house ownership and how to pass that down via a trust or will through your end of life, Connors and Sullivan are the people that will help you do that uh, spectacularly. Uh, and all you have to do is call them, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And then make sure that you're listening as Mike Connors answers more questions with me, Kevin McCullough, each week right here. But he also answers them on his broadcast, 8 a.m. Saturday mornings on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA, and Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Listen to Global Spiritual Revolution Radio with Bishop Larry Gators. Bishop Gators is 100% pro-Christ, pro-life, pro-Constitution, pro-U.S., and pro-President Donald Trump. Tune in Monday nights at 930 on AM 570 WMCA. Don't miss it. Do you want to walk in integrity and victory, forever transformed by the power of God? Join Pastor Ray Hagistilianos of Living Word Christian Church of White Plains, New York, weekday afternoons at 2 for More Than Conquerors. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. Remember, just because the journey gets difficult, it doesn't mean God's not in it. More Than Conquerors, weekday afternoons at 2 on WMCA. Want more AM570 The Mission? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am570themission.com or download our AM570 The Mission app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM570 The Mission. 
You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. And as we are thumbing through the issues of everyday importance, uh, particularly as it relates to some of the issues that uh, the mainstream media refuse to cover or even talk about, uh, the life issue continues to be one of those things, even in the post-Roe era and uh, the, the Dobbs aftermath. It continues to be something that I think is going to be a bigger issue now than it was before. And a number of years ago, I authored a book called The Kind of Man Every Man Should Be. It's all about helping men take responsibility for what they need to in life. And one of the arguments I made in that book was that the modern-day feminist movement, uh, the the modern-day feminists, different than the classic feminists, I'm a classic feminist, I'm a 1920s feminist, I want women to own property and to vote and to do all that stuff. Um, But in the 1960s, 70s, early 80s uh, feminism, it wasn't about men and women being equal. It was about being uh, replaceable, being substitutable for one another. And they're just not. And we see that in a lot of different ways. Uh, but with that kind of in mind, that men and women are different and they have different approaches to different issues, the good folks at the policy, uh, the uh, Center for Human Dignity at the Family Research Council have put together uh, something that I think is going to be handy for uh, this conversation going forward. And it's simply called A Man's Guide to Standing for Life, co-written by Mary Zock and Joy Stockbauer. Joy joins us now. Hello, Joy. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You got it. Um, the overall need for why you felt like this had to be written was what? Well, we felt like, you know, the conversation surrounding abortion in our country has been so often driven by, as you mentioned, these narratives of feminism, which are often, you know, seeking to exclude men from the conversation and seeking to tell them, you know, your opinion doesn't matter, your ethical convictions don't matter in this conversation because abortion only impacts women. Um, And of course, this isn't true, you know, first fundamentally, just because the unborn child could be male or female, but also because it takes two to make a baby. Um, Every unborn child has so many men in his or her life who are impacted by their life and by their abortion, if, if that unfortunately happens. And so we wanted to create a resource to equip men to feel like they can confidently step into this conversation and that they can confidently stand up for their values while hopefully dodging, you know, potentially appearing uh, like they lack compassion or as if they're trying to be disrespectful to women. You know, it's, I, I really struggle with this concept because, um, and I'm just dropping the curtain here being very uh, transparent as, as a man who is a proud father who believes desperately in the issue of life and believes uh, mightily how important it is, um, I just want to shake these dunderheads and say, hey, do the right thing. You, you, can, you can summarize the entire uh, need and, and methodology for men standing up for life in the phrase, do the right thing. Uh, whether it's uh, taking responsibility for your sexual activity that leads to uh, pregnancy or standing with a woman who, uh, once she is pregnant, um, is in the middle of that quandary and has different voices coming at her. I just feel like there's so much common sense in the biblical approach of doing the right thing by way of uh, you know, what is right in the scenario that would summarize it. Is that, is that an oversimplification of what could be seen as the man's role? You know, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think that in our culture, the man's role has been changed in so many ways, not only related to the abortion issue, but, you know, on every on every issue, you know, we've elevated women's voices so much to the point that men's voices are often drowned out on important topics like this, particularly when anything related to gender or the family enters the picture. Um, And so I think in these instances, you know, the abortion industry, of course, has a massive investment in pushing men out of the conversation because the husband or the boyfriend or the father of the child is the person most likely to influence the mother's decision to abort. And so if we can silence that person, then it's far more likely that the woman is going to be drawn in by the abortion industry because, you know, she feels like there's no one who's going to stop her. And so why would she not go have that abortion? If, If the father doesn't care enough about the child to stop that abortion, then why wouldn't she just go have it? Um, so I think in these instances, it really is, it's on one hand, the men abdicating their responsibility to speak up, 
but it's also the abortion industry actively working to silence them. I, I totally get that. And I was being a little bit facetious in my question because I do know that there are different uh, forces at work there. But if I, if I could pull all men aside in kind of a, a coach's huddle and, you know, in the locker room before taking the field, I would say, gentlemen, uh, we're the one, we're the difference makers here. Um, the, as you mentioned, most women seek the abortion because of the influence of a man who is relatively uh, close to them, whether it be a father who's ashamed of his daughter's actions, whether it be a boyfriend who's trying to evade responsibility, whether it be a husband who just doesn't want uh, that next child. These are oftentimes the overriding voices. And I say overriding because there's something inside the woman that in, instinctively, intuitively knows that this baby is not only uh, a living person, but someone that she's going to desperately love and cherish if she's if she brings it into life. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think that uh, that was part of what we were seeking to do in uh, evaluating the different relationships that men can have, because, you know, it's not only being the father of the child that puts you in a position to stand for that child's life. You know, as you mentioned, you can be the father of the mother um, and still play a massive role in her life by saying, you know, maybe the husband, maybe the the father of your child isn't going to step up to the plate, but I can fill that role. You know, I can step in as the grandfather and I can be the father that your child needs, you know, fill that role of male leadership and fill that role of you know, giving them a mentor that a child needs. And so I think when women are able to see that there's someone who will fill that role, um, it helps them feel like they're not going through it alone. And men in many different positions in relationships to the mother are able to do that. Um, so that was something we wanted to draw attention to as well. Well, I appreciate the uh, the thoughtful process here in uh, doing what you're doing. And uh, I, I, you know, facetiously, again, uh, playing the devil's advocate, say, you know, men, just just use common sense here. Stand up and do the right thing. If you do the right thing, you'll not only be protecting uh, women in that process, you'll be protecting uh, that baby as well. And we all know that uh, that's that's what it takes to to stand up for life and to protect life and to uh, uh, laud life. If people want to get this this man's guide for standing for life, where do they go, Joy? They can go to frc.org slash pro-life men, um, and there you'll find the full publication. We also have an excerpt that pulls out specifically for um, fathers, um, just because we felt like that was the most pressing situation. Um, so you can find an easy, short resource there if you are a father who is seeking to um, persuade and encourage your child's mother to choose life. Yeah. Well, I would uh, encourage people to check it out and um, just give a a brief plug for the mission for the uh, Center for Human Dignity. What are you guys trying to accomplish at that section of the FRC? Absolutely. So we're taking a biblical worldview and we're evaluating the policy issues and ethical dilemmas surrounding uh, human dignity specifically. So this encompasses abortion. It also encompasses pornography, human trafficking, um, reproductive technology, any any matter of human dignity. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we craft policy arguments from a biblical worldview, and then we seek to educate legislators and the American public on how to approach these issues from a biblical worldview. And you know, incorporating scripture as we do so. I appreciate your approach to that. And as a former FRC um, alum, uh, please give Tony my best the next time you see him. Absolutely, will do. All right. It's Kevin McCullough. She's Joy Stockbauer. If you want more information, go to frc.org, frc.org. Kevin, coming right back from New York. Stay here. Guys, this Valentine's Day, give her the next best thing to wearing nothing at all. Available exclusively at Pajamagram. Sexy, sultry, naturally nude pajamas feel just like her soft skin. Even more alluring than lingerie, the texture and touch of these pajamas is so seductive that you'll both love the feel of them. Leave nothing to the imagination with naturally nude pajamas. Go to pajamagram.com right now and save 25%. Pajamagram will even wrap the 
the whole gift up for free. That's right, 25% off naturally nude pajamas and free gift packaging. Listen, if you missed out on this offer during Christmas, don't make the same mistake twice. But you need to order today because last year they sold out before Valentine's Day. Here's what you do. Go to pajamagram.com right now. That's pajamagram.com. Use code NUDE, N-U-D-E, and save 25% off your order of naturally nude pajamas. Order now. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Can I have two minutes of your time? Because in the next two minutes, there is a woman who is going to find out the news here in the tri-state area that she is pregnant with an unexpected pregnancy. And while this month celebrates abortion across the nation, we would like it to celebrate something else. Maybe the day that her baby is saved. Scott Wilder is here from Preborn. How does it work? And here's the way it works. You provide ultrasounds and ultrasounds save lives because ultrasounds are the truth. A lot of people talking about follow the science, follow the science on climate change, follow the science on the boosters, follow the science. How about following the science on life? We know so much more today than we did in 1973. This is the Sanctity of Human Life Month. And we invite you to join us and save lives by providing ultrasounds. It's easy to do. It's ours to do. And we're standing, we're praying for you right now that you would just say, yeah, I'm not going to wait another minute. I'm going to start 2022 the right way. I'm going to stand for life because this is an inside job. If we don't do it, it's not going to be done. And so would you stand with us today? 833-850-2229 is the number. 833-850-BABY. If that's easier to remember, you can also give online at WMCA.com. But friends, right now, there are young women making the decision to abort or to uh, carry that baby to, to term. An ultrasound gives her a chance to see that baby living, to hear that baby breathing and making noise and uh, fluttering about inside her womb firsthand. And friends, I don't know if you're like me, but the first time I saw my unborn child on an ultrasound, it melted me like uh, candle wax. So this is the opportunity. You can help save a life right now. 833-850-2229. A five-pack of ultrasounds can be banked for a gift of $140, a 10-pack for $280. They are $28 each. Could you be generous and give right now? 833-850-2229 or WMCA.com. Again, that number, 833-850-BABY. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. She's helped parents do it better since her days at New York One. Now, she helps you hack the parenting code one tip at a time. Shelly Goldberg and the Parenting Express, exclusively on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, it is one of my favorite times of the week where we uh, put the newspaper down, we stop talking about the headlines just for a second, and we say, how can we become better parents and help each other uh, do that a little bit better. And we are honored to have Shelly Goldberg with us. She is, uh, she was for a long time the parenting reporter for New York One and has been helping us do this uh, for a few years now. And Shelly, it's always a pleasure to have you on with us. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite things today, and that is table manners. Uh, why are we talking about them? Yes. Well, Kevin, I got the idea to talk about this because I heard a woman by the name of Esther Uchitsky. Uh, You might not know the name, but you know her children. She was talking about what she regretted as a mom. She has three children. Her daughter, Anne, is the founder and the CEO of 23andMe. Her other daughter, Susan, is the CEO of YouTube. And Janet is an epidemiologist and anthropologist, very famous. And I'm listening to this woman, and she said, 
Now, one thing she said, my kids are enormously successful, great children, very close family, table manners. I wish I had done another, a better job with table manners. And I thought about, wow, that's very interesting. Why did she feel that was so important? For centuries, Kevin, society judged people completely on, on their table manners. It told people what their level of education was. It, to, it told people about their character. So it informs other people about us. There's almost something sacred, religious about it when it works well. So what do we want to teach our kids? What do we want them to know? It depends, of course, on the age. I'm going to run down a whole bunch of things. For younger kids, you want to start with hygiene, washing hands, then helping to bring the food to the table. That's about sharing. That's about knowing you're part of a bigger community, you're part of a family, helping to set the table. For young kids, they're going to need to learn to sit at the table and not wiggle around for 15, maybe 15 to 30 minutes. How to use a napkin, putting it on your lap wiping the food off your mouth. You want kids as they get older to learn not to stuff food in their mouth, small bites, eating slowly. And by the way, eating slowly in small bites will pay enormous dividends when you're a grown-up because it's the best way to make sure that you don't gain weight and you stay healthy in your life. Kids need to learn the polite way to ask for food, please and thank you, as opposed to give me that or, hey, I want the potatoes. Kids need to learn how to, to comment on the food without a nasty comment, without, without saying, this is disgusting, because that's going to hurt mom and dad's feelings. Maybe you just say, gee, you know, mom, I, I'd like to, you know, I think it worked better the other night when we had the spinach. <laughs> you know? That hurts mom's feelings, too. I mean, whatever, whichever way you do it, mom's feelings are going to end up hurt. But one is definitely softer pedal than the other, that's for sure. Eat slowly. Don't rush. How to use a knife, especially, you know, with you know, young children, we're cutting it up for them. Uh, avoiding interrupting, figuring out who's going to speak and for how long, uh, thanking the person who prepared the meal, making sure cell phones and video games are left outside of the table, away from the table, how to serve and pass the food, avoiding reaching over someone um, when you want to pass a roll to someone, not grabbing the roll and handing it to someone, but learning how to pass the basket so that you're not touching the food, but you're passing the basket instead. You also have to teach your kids how to leave the table. Uh, oh, you know what? I forgot the most important thing. I don't know if I, if I said it, Kevin, but not sitting down and beginning to eat until everyone, including mom and dad, are seated at the table. Yeah. And the same thing is when you leave the table, asking permission, can I leave now or I have to leave now? I have homework to do. Uh, offering to do cleanup. All of these things, Kevin, have to become a habit, which means you need repetition. You need practice. You need to set, you and the missus need to set a good example, for sure, for sure. And the best way to practice this is to have dinner nights. Maybe you, you, you give rewards. Maybe you say, tonight we're going to practice our manners, everyone. Let's see, you know, how we can, let, let's see what this looks like at the end of the evening. And maybe everyone gets a score. Maybe you invite friends over and they practice with your, with your neighbors or with other you know, relatives. But you can actually have dinner nights where you practice uh, your table manners. Kevin, your thoughts? No, this is one of the, and as the kids have gotten to the stage where they are now, this is one of the areas of training that we're working on like every single night. Yes, it's good not to make faces at the things that mom puts on the plate in front of you. Yes, it is perfectly uh, expected and required to wait until mom has joined us at the table before we complain about not getting to eat. And in our household, we, you know, we, we say um, we, we give thanks back to God before we eat. So nobody gets to eat until we've prayed. And uh, that, that just delays it a little bit longer, but yeah, you know, and, and I, it's not just doing it once it's the repetition and repetition and repetition. And over time you see, you know, a little progress here and there. <laughs> it sure does make a difference, but Shelly, good stuff today. Thank you so much, friends. You want to get uh, all these table manners uh, uh, tips again, go back and listen to the podcast. Kevin McCullough coming right back with a very interesting story out of the church of England. Don't go away. 
Hi, Kevin McCullough. My pillow is having their biggest bed sheet sale ever. The MyPillow Percale sheets are available in a variety of colors and all sizes now on sale. For example, the queen size regular, only $89.98, now only $39.98 with your promo code WMCA. Order now as there is a very limited supply. The MyPillow Precale sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They have deep pockets to fit over any mattress. The MyPillow Percale sheets come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code WMCA to receive the MyPillow Percale sheets for as low as $29.98. Order now because when they're gone, they're gone. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use the promo code WMCA. That's 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798, and promo code WMCA. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare. And in the process, started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit. 800-626-5252. That's 800-626-5252. 800-626-5252. Download the AM570 The Mission mobile app on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on WMCA.com, TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. This is Pastor Matthew Recker with the Heritage of Faith Conversations Program. Join us every Sunday night at 6 p.m. to get Bible questions answered live on the air. Join us Sunday night at 6 p.m. Hi, Kevin McCullough. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College because court reporters are such an essential part of the legal field. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. WMCA welcomes the new show, More Like Jesus, with Pastor Dave Gustafson. The missing piece to all of this is Jesus. And here's why. Because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And by doing that, he connected us with the power of God. Listen Monday through Friday evenings at 6.30. And I realize that to the world, it seems foolish. But it's not. It is the key to all of this. More Like Jesus on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Want more of AM570 The Mission and our hosts? Then interact with us. Follow us on Twitter for encouraging tweets, what's coming up on the radio, news from our ministries, deals from our advertisers, and more. Our handle is at AM570 The Mission. Come tweet with us. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors & Sullivan Broadcast Studio. happening in new york or across the globe learn why it matters first on kevin mccullough radio well i don't know if you need mandatory because you have many places in the country where people stay very long distance you talk about social distancing but i'm all for masks if i'm in a group of people where we're not you know 10 feet away and but usually i'm not in that position and everyone's tested because i'm the president they get tested before they see me yeah and uh you know that sounds like common sense but sadly we're short on common sense these days and a lot of 
lot of places, including uh, the uh, states of the upper northeast where, um, yes, Governor Cuomo and Murphy and all of them have rolled back some of or paused some of the opening um, uh, strategies. Uh, We were supposed to go to uh, phase two and phase three, respectively, in different regions uh, throughout this area. And uh, that all got just put on pause uh, earlier this week. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. Glad to welcome back Dr. Douglas Howard, uh, the uh, creator of uh, fruits and veggies uh, supplements with Balance of Nature. And uh, they power my life. They power this segment. They power this show uh, every single day. Uh, Dr. Howard, uh, masks have become kind of the new cause du jour. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but if you're you're you're. Uh, you're just not woke uh, if you're not, you know, saying everywhere that you can on your social media, I guess, writing it on your on your forehead uh, when you're walking down the sidewalk, uh, doing it in sign language to people. If you're not saying wear your mask all the time, you're not a woke flake. That's a woke snowflake. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like flake. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm, I'm also sick of it because here's here's the deal. Again, you're going to hear me say this every week. This has to do with health. I'm not here to talk about politics. Right. I'm sorry if it gets interweaved sometimes. But here's the whole fact. And I I realized this this week when I was trying to reason with somebody. And they kept saying, well, the latest studies show. And I go, wait, wait, wait. I have this one's from 12 weeks ago. And then I have them. I have a dozen studies that all say the same thing. And they were, it was always saying the same thing until about six weeks ago. And it was all about, you know, masks don't really help. The only time you really could use them maybe is in surgery and, and that type of thing. But anyways, and, and there's study upon study for it. And they're saying, well, you're you're just not looking at the science. You're not a real scientist then, right, because right. the real science is this. And Dr. Howard's not a scientist. <laughs> And, and so and so in going through that, I'm just like, I fi- it finally hit me. I finally understood it, that science to them is political science and it does change day to day, but not empirical science. No, I'm really serious. No. I, I realize these people think they're talking science, but they're talking political science, not empirical science, not facts and figures. I want facts and figures. I want real science. Now, real science does change. That's the whole that's the whole purpose of science is to be investigating and finding. But it doesn't go back and forth and back and forth. Right. And it doesn't get paid for for the answers. That's the biggest thing. You know, if you're paying hospitals, if you're paying clinics and doctors, even, you know, uh, Eighteen thousand dollars for a coronavirus diagnosis, or thirty-six more thousand to put them on to a ventilator. You're going to have hospital administrators that say, "If there's ever a chance it's leaning, please put it on there." And they're right. even saying it nicely. But what they're really saying is, "Hey, if you want money here in this hospital, and we we're going to use this, so we're a bigger and greater hospital in the end, and you're going to have better stuff than code everything is coronavirus." Well, and, and they, believe me, they, they're, they caught, re- they're reprimanded if they don't. They got caught doing it. Elmhurst uh, Hospital here in the New York area, which was the epicenter of the epicenter of the epicenter. Uh, and, you know, there's been two or three um, undercover nurses and others that have that worked there that came out saying, you know what? Uh, we did it wrong. And we were we were diagnosing people for ventilators that didn't need them. And even even well, now, uh, you know, why? even Doc Howard, I know that you've seen some of the reports that. The, the virus created the, the reaction within the lungs in kind of a tricky way. And so ventilators probably weren't even the right application uh, for dealing with the uh, the inability to breathe. Uh, and, and there's so much more this week. There was there was more um, kind of evidence that came to, to my light um, that uh, Gates and Fauci are kind of, uh, um, you know, they're so they're so in the column of the vaccine and everything is about the vaccine. And Follow the just, money. And, and they're saying now that they may not even – that this vaccine may more or less be more like a placebo uh, in, yeah. in fact that, uh, that, and that it's just going to be a herd immunity but for the sake of, of everyone's confidence and so that they feel safe again. You know, they're, they'll, they'll give it because they're, they're not going to put a, a strong confidence on whether or not the vaccine's actually going to work. 
Well, then, and now they're saying the experts are saying, and I get this all the time from people. Well, the experts say, oh, yeah, okay, how much were they paid for that? I'm sorry. I know that nobody wants to die of COVID, and I know that it is dangerous for some people. So is the flu. So is the common cold of other varieties. By the way, coronavirus is, this is a form of common cold. Right. But, but I know it. And so I'm not belittling that fact for those who have lost family or friends with it. But the fact is that they're now saying that um, it's going to have 70% of efficacy, maybe. That means 30% not. And maybe less effective and the herd immunity isn't going to be able to take effect because not because uh, they're saying uh, over 30 percent of the people are already saying they won't take this vaccine. It hasn't been tested. It hasn't, you know, I, all the reasons I wouldn't take it either. But then it, that they're now they're saying we need to make this mandatory. I just read this. Yes. This is in yep. politics yep. right now. Yep. We need to make this federally mandatory or there's punishments if you don't do it, you know, travel blocking and other things like this and federally mandate it or else we can't get this herd immunity. I'm going let people out of their houses, take off the masks, go to work, let the healthy people remain healthy, and you'll get your herd immunity just like nature has done it for thousands of years. Yeah, no, that's true. And friends, one of the ways that you you will help build that is by boosting your own immune system. And uh, friends, there's nothing better for that than just a, a diet rich in, in fruits and vegetables. And if you're not doing that through your cooking every single day, getting 11 servings, uh, friends, you can with the basic fruits and veggies, 800-246-8751. Uh, and uh, you'll get 35% off and free shipping when you call 800-246-8751. Doc Howard, always appreciate your insight. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Kevin McCullough Radio, my final thought before the big holiday weekend. Stay with us. Ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise with Alistair Begg this August. Renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word during this spectacular adventure. All along our journey, opening God's Word so that we might become more like Jesus. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or visit DeeperFaithCruise.com. Numbers mean much to me because of prostate cancer. I'm Johnny Braggs, the number two for my stepfather who died of prostate cancer and my uncle who suffered so much after prostate cancer surgery. The number 15, 15 years since Dr. Lederman's successful treatment of my prostate cancer. The number zero, which is my PSA, zero after Dr. Lederman's successful prostate cancer treatment, what every man wants. The numbers one, two, three, four, important for every man with prostate cancer. One, getting the most successful treatment. Two, avoiding radical robotic surgery. Three, keeping sexual functions. Four, maintaining urinary control. Call my Dr. Lederman, 212-CHOICES, 212-CHOICES, to consider his prostate cancer treatment for you. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted, 1384 Broadway at 38th. Call 212-CHOICES for prostate cancer treatment. Call Dr. Lederman, 212-CHOICES. I'm glad I did. You'll be number one with Dr. Lederman. Listen to your favorite Christian programs anytime on the OnePlace app. Download and listen offline. Stream to your car or automated home device. Download OnePlace at Google Play or the iTunes App Store. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg welcomes back New York City Council member from the 6th District, Gail A. Brewer, to talk about today's council compared to the council she served on 20 years ago. It's Reaching Out, Saturday afternoon at 4.30 on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA.
you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right. Uh, day after Valentine's Day, uh, a couple of uh, best ofs uh, for you uh, this afternoon, um, uh, evening, whenever you may be listening to this. On demand, on your time, on the podcast, uh, on affiliate stations, on WMCA, New York, whatever. Uh, there is a um, story from yesterday in the New York Post uh, that uh, reveals that uh, after initially claiming uh, that face coverings uh, were uh, very, very effective in preventing the spread of COVID, there is a new study now that has been um, uh, studied and, and announced and reached and released that demonstrates that Face masks made little to no difference in preventing spread. The CDC changed course, calling on all Americans to mask up, but the new scientific review led by 12 researchers from esteemed universities suggests that widespread masking did little to curb the transmission of COVID-19. For all the masking and masking it up and masking it now and people riding in their cars all by themselves with masks, uh, going into their house and wearing masks by themselves when they're wearing it, it doesn't, it's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. And now we have a scientific study that has now said that. So kind of a best of, the, the best, you know, knowledge of truth, the face masks didn't work. Now, flip, flip the coin to the best Valentine's Day card I saw yesterday. And this was a good one. I think that this was the one that Donald Trump Jr. gave to Kimberly Guilfoyle, but I'm not sure. And the, the front of the, um, the, the front of the card very simply says, are you a set of stairs? Now, young man Nick, asking someone if they're a set of stairs, that's, that's an, interesting, it's, it's an interesting approach on Valentine's Day, is it not? I mean, would, would the lovely Mrs. Malone be happy if you asked her if she was a set of stairs? No way. Nick. Yeah, but I didn't think so. I don't think the lovely bride would be very happy if I asked if she was a set of stairs. But in this Valentine's Day card, uh, the question was, are you a set of stairs? And above that question were pictures of three sets of stairs. Now, on the stairs, there was a man perceived to probably be Joe Biden in various states of collapse on the stairs as he apparently was trying to climb the stairs. So are you a set of stairs? Joe Biden falling down the stairs. Here's the payoff. Are you a set of stairs? Because I'm falling for you. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Good one. I thought that one was pretty good. Another one that I thought was kind of interesting on social media yesterday, uh, there were lots of people posting the same thing. It said, the longer the post you make about your Valentine, the greater the possibility that you're in trouble. You either cheated or you, you were disrespectful in some way, and so you're paying an ultimate price. They had bar graphs and everything, but the longer, just think about it. Your friends that put big, long, sappy, syrupy things, you know, paragraphs and paragraphs about their uh, Valentine yesterday, probably in the biggest trouble. I'm just, I'm just guessing. Anyway. Hope you had a happy Valentine's Day. Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us every weekday. Be back tomorrow for more Kevin McCullough Radio.